This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. This is episode 103, which is part of my celebrations for reaching 100 episodes. And today I wanted to bring to you something slightly different. I wanted As a result of going on other people's podcasts and being interviewed in a particular way, I realized that there were parts of me that I wasn't really showing in this podcast. And so I invited on a very special friend of mine, Amy Rowlinson. And I think she's a brilliant interviewer because she opens up the space to ask the really deep questions. So I hope you get a lot of insight into me and why I'm doing what I'm doing as a result of listening to this. Now, Amy and I met on a mastermind. And as a result, we formed a very close friendship, but also we help each other expand our networks. We are constantly putting people in touch with each other. And that's the power of a mastermind. And for those of you who are looking for that kind of level of connection, I want you to know that the the applications to my next six-month mastermind starting in mid-July are now open. It's a six-month mastermind. We're going to have weekly calls. We're going to have some full-day sessions. And there are also some bonuses to have one-to-one sessions with me during that time as well. However, it's not for everyone. It is for those who are ready to take action. It is those who are wanting to accelerate their results. I can show you the way. I can show you exactly how for your online business you can make this happen. But, and this is the caveat, you have to be willing to do the work. So if you are an action taker and you want the results, I would love to see you applying for the Action Taker Mastermind. Go over to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash mastermind or follow the link in the show notes. So now come over and listen to the episode where Amy gives me a grilling. So on this episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I wanted to do something a little bit different in part of my 100 episode celebration. And I've asked my good friend, Amy Rowlinson, to come in and interview me today. She recently interviewed me on her podcast, Focus on Why, which you should definitely go and listen to. And she'll be a guest on this show very soon too. When I was interviewed on Amy's show... It really made me realize that there are things I don't talk about on my own podcast and potentially parts of me that don't get access because I am the host. And Amy is very skilled at interviewing. And I decided that actually I wanted to be a little bit more brave, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open with my own listeners. So today I'm handing the reins over to Amy and she is going to do her best (laughs) on me today. So, hey, Amy, thank you for doing this for me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, it's good to turn the tables on on situations like this. I like being the the host on someone else's show. Why not? <laughs> so I guess what we really want to do is is explore the invisible part of the visible Anna, the part that you don't necessarily show, and the reasons behind why. Straight in at the deep end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the parts of me that I keep invisible and that have been chomping at the bit to be explored more. I guess it's a spiritual side of me that I 
still feel immature in the language of describing. That part of me, I think, has always been there in terms of my want to be seen, to be heard, to be recognised, going right back to age five and realising I wanted to be on stage. But I think it's not about that. I used to think it was about just getting that recognition and that immediate feedback and praise. But actually, I think it goes much deeper than that. I think it's, it's about the fact that I do have a massive capacity. In fact, many of us, most of us have a massive capacity and that I have chosen to step into it. And I feel as though I had some form of awakening. Now, whether that's a spiritual awakening or a part of my brain I wasn't using or accessing before, I feel like that changed everything for me and was the catalyst for the massive growth that I've gone on as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a I guess, a leader in this this space, in this motivational space. And you've been wrestling with it in what way? I guess there's that concept of being a little bit woo-woo and a little bit quirky and the whole image of someone walking around wearing tie-dye and meditating a lot. And I don't really sit with that. That's not me. I'm also not religious at all. That's not, that's not part of my remit, not part of my world, never has been. But I do feel as though I'm beginning to really embrace this spirituality and this, this feeling that we are more. And actually, when I tap into that, my work becomes easier because actually what I want people to do is to understand that if they see themselves and the great potential that they have within them, that we all have within us, and you effectively switch the lights on, that that's really what getting visible is all about. Because if you're comfortable with you, you know who you are, you know that you can do so much more than you're currently doing if you want to, then the world could actually be a much better place if people were going after what they want. And I don't mean that aggressively, but stepping into their natural talents and their natural abilities. So do you think that that comfortable space of where you think that you could do so much more is what you're wrestling with, the fact that you're not doing it right now. And that's probably the, the space that you're getting frustrated with. I think on the human plane, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm ambitious. I want results. I want the glory. That excites me. I'm, I'm laughing as I say that. <laughs> but actually... I know that when I stop pushing and I allow myself to do the things I want to do, that they often come quicker and come much more comfortably. I feel frustrated when I see in other people that they are much more than they're letting themselves be, that they're holding back and they've got all this baggage with them because we all have our baggage. And when I see that really weighing someone down and it means that they're not getting the results they want, they, they don't have anywhere near the right people around them or the right relationships or the right money or by the right money, what I mean is the freedom to choose. And they don't recognize that the thoughts they're having are weighing them down. And so it's like they're hiding. It's like they're stuck at the back of a cupboard that's really uncomfortable, that's really cramped. And they're living a life that's so much smaller than they could. And actually, all they need to do is maybe step outside and open the curtains and realize that there's like a whole world out there. Are you talking about other people or yourself there, Anna? I feel like that's how I used to feel. Mm. That's how I used to feel. I used to feel very strongly that I was just kind of stuck and not doing what I should be doing and that there was more to me. And through NLP, I talk a lot about NLP, but particularly during my master NLP training, I had this incredible, powerful breakthrough where I realized that I was playing too small because I was playing for other people's attention. And that actually, 
there's much more to what I'm capable of that is beyond ego, that is about, I guess, raising consciousness about potential, raising consciousness about choice of living. And that's, that's where I struggle. Like, at what point do I say that this is my work? And at what point do I say this is my mission? At what point do I say that this is my, my spiritual calling? And it's interesting to see when I let go and I really let those sides of myself explore who I am and what my work means to me, that I get, I do then tend to get better, bigger results. And I'm aware that in my work, that whole get visible, it can feel very pushy. And people have a real fear about that getting seen and being visible. And what am I going to post on social media? It's actually way more than that. It's about getting yourself out of the way. And there is nothing more amazing than watching and facilitating that change in somebody to teach them that there are processes where you can change how you feel. And when you change how you feel, and there are business mechanics as well, where you can have what you want in life. You can reach the people that you want to reach. You can facilitate change in others. That's, that's pretty rewarding. So you mentioned that you're sort of, you, you separated the spiritual calling from your mission and your work. Why would they not be entwined? It's almost like those two parts, again, two parts of me. There's, there's the, the human part who's living this life where we're currently in lockdown and, you know, I've got three children and a husband and I've got the school run and I've got all the things that need to be done in a house. That's kind of normal life. And, you know, you get bogged down, don't you, with the arguments that happen at home and the things that are going on around you. And then there's the other bigger stuff that sits behind it. That's kind of always there, but are you tapping into it or not? And I think sometimes it's easy to pretend that the other big stuff isn't there because it's easy to get caught up in the minutia. Is that how you say that word? Minutia, minutia. So what does it mean to sort of be pulled in both directions at the same time? I mean, you're physically struggling with that. You're it's obviously something that's really important for you and you see it in others as well. One of the things that happens for me on a regular basis is we were talking about this before this interview is I I struggle with headaches and migraines and part of me wonders like is that hormonal and I think part of it is but there is another level to me where I wonder if being able to be unwell for a few days allows me to hide and and retract But often what happens when I pull away and I hide and I feel quite low for a few days, quite rightly so, I have a horrendous migraine who doesn't feel unwell and have a horrendous migraine. But often when I come through the other side, I realize, okay, okay, Anna, you've been avoiding bits of yourself. You've been not tapping into really what you want. And I know that my work is global and has the potential already. I'm in 72 countries last time I looked but it's more and my my book is read by people all around the world but it's more than that I know that by letting myself rise maybe this is it by letting myself rise I can help others to rise and by us all rising together the world is literally a better place and this is this is what then funnels down into the getting visible and the podcasting work I actually struggled a little bit with the decision to f- whether or not to focus on podcasting. Because on the one hand, some of that felt like well, it's a bit trite. I know all the audio stuff. I know it like the back of my hand. That's been my, my whole adult life. But do I really want to talk about microphones and editing when actually I feel this mission, 
there's that word again, this drive to get people to awaken. And actually, when I can see those moments where those two worlds collide, where podcasting and visibility become a mechanism to help people rise, then my work becomes really exciting. And then I feel switched on. I become, it's not hard for me to be visible and get visible because I'm doing it for a reason that's beyond my own ego. In terms of what it means to get visible, it's the same as what it means to be heard. Podcasting is like the mechanism to bang the drum, sound the horn, blow the trumpet, quite literally gather the tribe and take everybody up that mountain to see the view. So we're not all just living in this perpetual, perpetual life, like that whole running in a hamster wheel thing that we get caught up in. And I feel that there are people like, like myself and people like you, Amy, who are choosing to do work and things that potentially take people out of that, even for a fraction of a second, is really important. And yet it's easy to get lost and get caught up in the daily, daily grindstone. That's what I want to say. So why is it important to lift people out of this daily grindstone? Because I think that many of us are, are deeply unhappy in the daily grindstone. And don't know that there's any other choice. And there is. And I think going back to when I was disabled and believing that I'd never walk again, how quickly I could change how I thought and felt once I had the right tools. And because I then realized I could choose how I thought, it transformed everything in my life. Things that I thought would, would never happen to me were totally out of reach, actually then became relatively easy. And I guess I, I, guess I want that for other people. And I think I quite often shy away from saying that, that a lot of my work really is about helping others. Because I think in this coaching and podcasting and entrepreneurship space, you've got to give value. You've got to deliver content. Well, actually beyond that, I want my content to mean something because otherwise it's just a rat race. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's where you're wrestling with that? You, you've got caught up in the the superficial delivery of of marketing and and sort of becoming visible, but actually your message is a lot bigger than that. Yeah, maybe. I think though that you have to have a vehicle. I think to be seen in a space that is, and I want to, I kind of want to do inverted commas over the just, and to see it to be seen in a space that is just motivational, that is just life changing. And I'm going to apologize here because my family are being noisy outside the room. It is That's lockdown. Life. That it's is life. life. <laughs> I can hear all the doors slams. That's just life. We're going to keep this in. It's all good. So what was it? What was I saying? I've so lost my train of- you were talking about just, just sort of living really. And people are just existing. They're not living. Okay. Uh, no, no. So I was saying that I realized that for whatever reason, I feel strongly that I am meant to lead people to have better lives and to think differently and to, to let them see the view, if, if you like. But to enter and just be in that motivational space is extremely difficult because when you look at people's lives, what do people actually want? Very often, in order to think bigger, people need the immediate stuff. They need to know they can have them, their needs met. They need the money. They need to know that they can fix their depression or, or whatever terminology you use around that, that they can get out of a difficult relationship. So in order to, I guess, be able to lift people up, you've got to focus on one thing first that is not just that generic general wash of motivation. 
I think the exceptions to the rule are people with huge followings, like Tony Robbins, for example. And that's because he was there as a lot of this stuff was developing. So he's, he's almost, you know, the initial motivational speaker, if you like. But what I see, and this is what I talk about quite a lot in the, in the content, is that if you can narrow your field, people know who you are and they know what to go to you for. So you can get them results. So they can then follow you, trust you, believe you, be led by you. And then you can inspire, motivate, lift and lead. To build a a following. See, this is the mechanics again. To build a following when you're just talking about motivation, I think is incredibly hard. I'm wondering if you have, you've got the voice, you've got the mission, but is the audience that you're reaching right now meeting your target or your desire in terms of you're just tapping into entrepreneurs and actually you want to have a bigger audience? I think that time will come, but it's not now. And I think that what I like, what I enjoy, and I've mentioned this on a podcast recently, I can't remember if it was yours. I like to help people who are no longer in the dirt. I like to help the shoots that have already come through the soil. I feel that it's not necessarily me to kind of tackle someone in the depths, depths of despair or whatever, but the people who are just surfacing, who are realizing that there is capacity to change and grow, I want to take them and accelerate them. And in that respect, entrepreneurs are the right people. But I was very conscious when I wrote my book, I was very conscious that I didn't want to write the book just for entrepreneurs. And I actually had some (laughs) very cruel feedback from a publisher, well-known publisher, that no entrepreneur would want to read a book that was aimed at creatives. No creatives would want to read a book that was aimed at entrepreneurs. And nobody would want to read a book written by somebody about business who hadn't made millions. um, And nobody would buy it. And I stuck by my guns because I felt, no, because the the purpose behind the book is actually bigger than that. And I'm, I'm pretty glad that I did that because I think as time goes on, there will be other books that are serving a wider audience. But right now, I do really enjoy those people. Entrepreneurs do tend to be very switched on. They're much more open to mindset tools. They've heard about them more, but often they've heard about them because it might make them more money because people want their needs met. So you're meeting an audience that's already halfway there right now. What about the audience that you want to reach where you want to sort of switch them from having that fixed mindset to the growth mindset? I'm not reaching them yet. And that's okay. They'll find me in good time. (laughs) Because I know that one of your highest values is, is to grow mm-hmm. and awaken yeah, and that you're doing all of this for a reason, for your, for your why. Yeah. So my why is to awaken, it is to expand and to grow. So the expansion is for myself to expand beyond my own realms of possibility, to keep growing what I think I'm capable of. And that growth and expansion is about where I'm headed in terms of like my vision for my future and how grand that is, but also my growth in terms of my business, like the mechanics of how that works, the people that I have, the contractors I have, the the income I'm bringing in, the savings we have, the investments we have, it's all of those things. But it's, my work means, so for example, I actually posted about my headaches and how much I've been struggling with them the other day. And I talked about how when I have those headaches, and those migraines, I should call them, imposter syndrome rears its head. Now, if you know my, if you know my story, you'll know that on the whole, this is something I 
do not now find a problem, but it was a massive issue for me. But for those three or four days a month, it, I'm like a different person. And somebody wrote to me, they actually sent me a voice note. They initially found me, bizarrely, through their son had been um, listening to an audio book on Alexa. And she recognized my name and thought, that's funny. I'm sure I've seen her name. We became friends on Facebook, but never communicated. She then went and read my book, listened to my book, listens to my podcast. So she might be out there listening now. And she sent me a message, a voice note. It was about 11.30 at night the other night. And it actually made me cry because she said that the fact that she sees me doing and achieving a lot of things, but that I, as someone that she sees as inspirational, was openly sharing, I have these thoughts. I don't allow them to take over, but I have these thoughts that I'm not good enough, that I should quit, that I'm a joke, whatever else, awful stuff that we do, we all dredge up. But mine only tends to come in cycles now because I've dealt with a lot of things. And that because I put that out there and I'd shown myself, I'd been seen, that that for her was more impactful than if I present a perfect life. And she said for her, what that meant was that she could achieve anything and still be, she said, she described it as still be human and, and achieve everything. And that means a lot to me. When I get feedback from people about the show, about my book, it kind of, I don't know, it's, it may, often makes me cry. And why? Because it, it means something that I'm actually, I'm actually helping other people grow and expand. So it's more than the mechanics of business, as you said earlier. Yeah, way, way more. And that's what you're looking to achieve is, is, is connecting with people on an emotional level, on that spiritual level. So you, you said you earlier that you're wrestling with the spiritual side, but actually really you, you are achieving that. You are doing that. I think as time goes on, that will come out more in my work, more in the things that I deliver. I guess I have a, uh, I'm wary of doing that because it doesn't, it doesn't speak to everybody uh, and not everybody's ready to hear that. But when I look at books that have motivated, inspired and and changed my life, they do tend to have a spiritual element. In fact, I did an exercise last night. I've been reading Meant for More by Lisa Sasevich. I think that's how you say her name. And there was an exercise that reminded me of a book called Conversations with God. Now, going back to this, I I don't believe in a God concept, but I do believe that we are, I guess, part of something bigger. And I don't know what that is. And I Again, I can feel right in my belly. I'm uncomfortable talking about this, but we're part of something bigger. I certainly feel that I have massively tapped into being part of something bigger, something beyond, but that I dip in and out. And I did this exercise where you write to your higher self and you you ask them questions. So I decided, so that in, in the model that they used in this book, it was, you know, use Anna and then God or higher self. And I decided that I would use little Anna and bigger Anna. And a very interesting conversation about what am I doing? What are my gifts? So the first question really is, what do you see from little Anna to bigger Anna? What do you see is, is my unique gift? And immediately this, oh, it's like a slapped hand, comes back through the writing. And it's me, but it's not. It's a different version of me that just says, for goodness sake, why are you even asking this? You know them. You know them. You hide them. Why do you pretend to not remember? And I think that's it. I think we do all know we're capable of more. And I think it's time to remember. And my unique gifts then are to motivate, to inspire, to get up and bloody do it so that I can enable others to do it. So I feel in many ways that I have to remember first so that I can help others to remember who they are. 
there's other texts. I mean, I would really recommend that exercise and I'd recommend that book as well. But things like the Desiderata really speaks to me. Things like the works by Marianne Williamson that, you know, who are you not to be brilliant, brave, talented, fabulous? You're a child of the universe. You weren't made to play small. That literally echoes through my brain all of the time. But what happens then if you're having a rubbish day where, you know, you can't be bothered to wash your hair and, <laughs> you know, you've got your tracky bums on because it's like the 59th million day of lockdown. You don't always feel brilliant, talented, fabulous, gorgeous. So then there's a disconnect. And coming on my podcast and, and, and challenging you to think about what you are doing or reaffirming why you're doing it led to quite a few sort of thoughts for yourself. And then I do a follow-up podcast, which is the reflections of the recent people, the guests who have been on my show. And you listened back to what I'd said about your podcast. And what did you feel about that? Or how did you feel about it? It made me cry. Made me cry. I actually had to, I listened to it twice, once that night, once in the morning, just to hear it. Because we don't see ourselves as other people see us. And I made a very conscious decision standing on on the red carpets in Hollywood that I didn't know what it looked like but I was going to help other people and lead the way that was literally what was going in in my head and so to hear that played back to me even things as simple as I say simple Anna hosts a number one international podcast Anna's an international number one best-selling author Anna does this Anna does that it's Anna's won this award she's won it's all true But to hear it put together sometimes, when I'm literally screaming banshee mother, running around asking people for the love of God, will you pick up your socks off the floor? And yet at the same time, I'm living this life and yet I am doing those things. And it is true that I'm helping people step up. That's pretty overwhelming. And I I mentioned to you on that podcast, and I've thought a lot about it since, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on this show, that I have this... When I completed the Master NLP session and I had this incredible breakthrough, incredible breakthrough moment where I could almost see myself above the stars, part of the stars, part of the universe, like the fabric of this universe. And that actually what my, what I was supposed to be doing was leading people to the top of the mountain. And then when I got to that mountain and my, you know, the, the, the brambles and the thorns have shredded my legs. It's been really hard to get there. It's not been an easy journey, but when I get there, oh my God, it's breathtaking. And I'm not actually alone because in the distance, I thought I was going to be alone, but in the distance are other leaders. And that actually my job is to teach the other leaders, like, I don't know, smoke signals or semaphore or something so that we can communicate. I kind of feel that that's actually what the podcasting and the getting visible is all about. Because if I can get the other leaders and emerging leaders and aspiring leaders and the people who have woken up to wave the flags to get the smoke signals going, other people can follow them. Other people can find me at the top of my mountain because I have gone down that bloody awful path where my, you know, nettles everywhere. But I've done it. And it's, it's interesting, like thinking back to four or five years ago when I had that experience and I was just about to go for the seventh time into Hollywood. And I say that really casually. I'm aware to say I went to Hollywood again for the seventh time because I had a yet another award to go to. It makes me sound like I'm, I don't know, not normal. I'm normal. I'm such a normal person. But what, what that image means to me is that it's all right that it's a bit of a challenge. But thinking back to then, I felt quite disconnected from the people around me, that the people around me were on, I had friends, I still have friends, but they weren't doing things of meaning and purpose like I was. And I felt kind of desperate to meet those people, 
to meet to meet the people who were rising in some way. And what's wonderful now is that I have brought those people into my life and I have relationships and friendships now on a whole other level. And we can talk about silly things like lead magnets and generation and what you're going to say in your keynote and what have, how many chapters of your book have you written. And that makes me feel alive because I'm, I'm leading, I'm with the leaders and we're equals and we're able to help the other people coming up. And yeah, that, that, that makes me feel pretty good because I started not knowing anyone. I started not knowing anything. I started with no audience. Again, I'm using inverted commas. But from going from that place from I want to help people and I don't know what this means to feeling like I was getting it wrong and I wasn't reaching people and I wasn't getting any, any enough traction and reaching enough people and the message wasn't being heard and like how frustrating that was. The fact now that through my work about Get, Get Visible and through my work with the podcast, other people's words are now heard and that trickle down effects. Like, for example, someone who joined my podcast membership who I'd never met before, but they met me because I got visible or they heard me on my podcast. They then start a podcast that helps someone who might have been about to kill themselves, who has a child. And like the ripple effect of, of, of because I put myself out there, that's, that life is then changed. That boy's life is changed. And what he then might go on to achieve and do. And that blows my mind, absolutely blows my mind. And that's what keeps me going. And I think that's what you said on the podcast with me is, is that you realized that you'd been using other people's words for so many years and you you were using your voice, but it wasn't your actual voice. It wasn't your choice of words. And when you finally knew that you could make a difference with your own words, that was when you had that epiphany of, I need to, I can do this. I can change the whole world this way. Yeah. And things like even being on camera, I couldn't have done that before. Whereas I do a live every single day, at at least once a day. I literally couldn't have done that. I couldn't, I had to get actor headshots done from time to time for my stage career, but I I never wanted to really be on TV because I didn't want to be captured. I didn't want to be judged. It's the imposter syndrome piece. I didn't want, I didn't want that. Whereas now it's almost not about me, but at the same time, I like the metrics. I like to know who's commented. I like to know, has. oh, did I get any likes there? Did I get any comments on LinkedIn? Is it trending? Right? Because that's fun. It's fun. And I think actually maybe that's one of the reasons why the whole getting visible on social media stuff doesn't phase me because it's not for me. It's to reach other people. If I was doing it just for vanity metrics, I think I'd find it incredibly boring or incredibly dull, whereas actually I'm quite inspired and motivated to do it. So when you see all those likes, you don't see, oh, people like me. You see, oh, I'm being more visible. Therefore, more people are becoming, have the option to become more visible themselves. Hmm. Yes. I also think, God, wonder how, how long, how long that will be till they convert. <laughs> I'm a businesswoman. And there's nothing wrong with that, Anna. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But I used to have a real problem with earning money. You used to have a real problem with it. And that's probably why I went into theatre in the first place, because I was deeply uncomfortable earning, asking for and having money. So theatre was perfect because they pay you nothing. But working on my own money mindset around that, we say money mindset like such a catchphrase, working on my own belief system around money and my deservedness of it has, again, changed everything. 
I think that's a really important facet to to everyone's life is is to deal with what they're saying to themselves, what their money story is, because actually it could have such a big impact and you're not even aware that you're operating from beliefs and, and have coping mechanisms around those beliefs that have been formed decades ago. They don't function. They don't they don't actually work for you anymore. It's interesting. My In my book, I talk, uh, there's a chapter about money mindset and how when I was six years old, maybe even five, we moved into a house because we came into a lot of money um, that my dad worked for. And the day we were moving into the big posh house, a couple of nights before, a terrorist, well, maybe the best name word for him, he had He'd been in our house and actually gone into our new house, our new build. He'd stayed in our garage and gone and shot the man next door. So we were supposed to be excited about moving to this new house and having all this extra money. And actually, I was terrified because in our driveway were men and men and women police officers with machine guns. And so my dad was fascinated that as a... Bless him. He was the first person to read my book. God love him. But he was fascinated by the fact that at age five or six, that that had affected how I felt about money. Because why would I want more money when it's really scary? Why would I want to up level again when it's really scary? Just so you know, it breaks it off now. Bring it on. But I think I think you're you're absolutely right in, in in the way that you've studied NLP. That's really helped to understand that a lot of your beliefs are formed when you're very young, and you you're completely unaware, and you don't know that you are operating from these positions. No, you don't. And anyone who's wondering, why is my life not how I want it to be? What? Why? Why me? Go and see an NLP practitioner, one that is not the cheapest, or go and see someone who's a hypnotherapist, again, one who's not the cheapest, or RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, or someone who helps you deal with some level of trauma in your world. Trauma can be anything. It's damage to the brain. It's not what we think of as whatever, whatever you think trauma is. And with trauma, actually, a lot of people think, well, I, I, nothing's happened to me. Actually, it's the things that don't happen sometimes can be can give you the most trauma. Yeah, the things that you're resentful of, for sure. So hearing people come back to you and giving you feedback, and you said that that's very emotional and that it's, it's everything, it means everything to you to get that feedback more than anything. At what point will you know that you have achieved the mission that you're on? I don't think we can fulfill the mission. I think I can. I think it. I'm going to constantly be expanding and growing and I should be expanding and growing. There's always going to be something new to achieve. Now, one of the things actually, someone said this to me, it was around the time of my book launch that they were triggered by how much I celebrated my success because I, I had very successful launch with this podcast, followed by a very successful launch for my book. And I'm very vocal about those things. And someone, mess, you know, someone close to me said, you know, I find this challenging to see you celebrate. And that was interesting because I thought, well, why do I? What do I? Well, one, social media and it's a game. And the more people I can reach, the more people I can change. But I also think that we have a habit, and particularly the Brits, of sitting on the things we're good at. And that means we're invisible. We're hiding. Why shouldn't I celebrate that I've become an international best-selling author? Why shouldn't I celebrate that I'm an international podcaster? Why shouldn't I? And you know what? By me celebrating that, I give permission for someone else to do it. And I guess I'm quite aware that I'm not for everybody. And I guess I've made the decision that I'm okay with that because we can't be for everybody. But for those people who get me, who 
resonate with my energy, with my drive, with some of the vulnerabilities that I share, then if I can help them or they can recommend me to somebody else that might get me more, then that's okay. And I, I think so often people are scared to put themselves out there. They're scared to share their highs. They're scared, scared to share their lows because of what other people will think. Part of me doesn't give a stuff what other people think, but another part of me really does. I, I do. I want to be liked. I think, it's, I think it's human to want to be liked. And that comes right back to that first question that I asked you about, you know, what, who is the invisible Anna, the, the, the less pushy, the less driven, the less focused, the, 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 the sort of other side of you that you don't share so much? I'd say there's two invisible sides then. I've got m- many sides. So one side of Anna... The share I don't, the side I don't share so much is is the hormonal one who has headaches, who just needs to bloody step off the train, and can't be bothered. She crops up from time to time. The can't be bothered Anna, which maybe surprises people because I'm not always on the go. Uh, and then there's the other side, the deeper side of Anna, the bigger Anna, who knows that it doesn't matter whether anyone likes me because that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for other people's approval. In many ways, I'm here for my, it's about my own self-approval. And isn't that the same for everyone? It is, but not everybody recognizes that. And that's where that fear, that imposter syndrome, that fear of putting yourself out there comes from. So what would you say to people who are at home thinking, oh my gosh, that is so me. I am that invisible Anna. How do I, how do I change? How do I get out of this? Go and speak to somebody. Go and listen to the audios, the books. Audio is really interesting because when we hear something on an audiobook or on a podcast, we're actually, or on a training that we're listening to, we're actually absorbing things at a subconscious level. And even if we think I wasn't paying attention to that, the dog distracted me or my child was speaking, your brain is still taking it in. It's still there. So the more positive input you can have, the more this stuff is going in and being absorbed the more your brain is picking up, okay, there's some other things I can think about here. There's other ways to be. There's other processes. So listen to stuff. Read stuff. It's so important. And you mentioned earlier also about switching up who you spent a lot of time with. That makes so much difference. Yeah. And disallowing and removing myself from conversations that bring me down. I just don't do it. (laughs) I've had to learn that the hard way. Because it can knock me. Um, oh gosh, I'm making a decision here as to whether I'm going to say what I'm going to say. But hey, I'm just going to do it. You know, there are people who've been in my life a long time who I don't see so much anymore because they're either disinterested in what I'm doing, sneering about it, very critical, hypercritical, or extremely dismissive is maybe the word, patronizing. There are other people who ask me consistently how much money I'm making and nothing else. And none of those conversations serves me. And as I have been fortunate enough to, no, not not even fortunate enough, strategic enough to put myself in positions where I'm meeting other people who aren't small thinkers, I felt much more secure to leave behind connections that were not for me anymore. And I, I think I'd known for a long time they weren't for me, but I didn't have anyone else to not replace, swap them out for maybe. And having they, I, I now have friends and connections that are beyond the level that I ever, ever thought was possible. But that's because I sought them. 
and that sits with your value your highest value of of growth and awakening so that's why it's an alignment that it actually works well for you yeah and I think if you find the right people you'll grow even more because they will ask you the questions that push you and the people who are pulling you down if you're in a conversation that makes you feel bad or makes you feel small I don't I don't care if it's your mum, your dad, your cousin, your stepsister, your sister-in-law, whoever, a friend you've had since you were five, if they're making you feel like shit, get, get the hell out of there. What are you doing? And it doesn't have to be like harsh, cut them off. It's not that. It's choosing which conversations you'll have. You don't even have to tell them, but you just stop talking about your business. Stop talking about your goals and dreams. There's a beautiful book, actually. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it, which is going to really annoy me. But this is, it's essentially it ends up being a parable, but it starts about so annoying, I can't remember. It's about this story of somebody called Nobody. And nobody has this big dream. And there's always this, this myth that if anybody goes after their big dream, that when they get to the edges of Nobody Land, that there are going to be these demons that will stop them from leaving. And nobody has this big dream, and he goes after it. And when he gets to the edge, the demons turn out to be his best friend and his mum. And they didn't want him to leave Nobody Land because they were scared for themselves. They were scared about what, what his dreams meant for them and the fact that they had no ambition or that they had decided that they, do have, they did have ambition, but they decided to let that die for themselves. Oh, I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. That will definitely be going in the show notes, guys. It's a really good book. And it was told, I was, I was gifted a copy by a lady on an aeroplane years ago that felt like a synchronistic moment with someone I was supposed to meet to guide me onto the next path. See, there we go again. That's me talking about spirituality. I think you're probably more spiritual than you let yourself believe. <laughs> so becoming somebody, moving away from nobody, becoming visible, moving away from invisible. What's next for you, Anna? The ego part of me. I, I just want to go world domination, but it's not that. It's about growth and expansion and lifting. I think it is. I think I want to help people to podcast so they can get their message out there. It's about banging that drum of the messages that need to be heard. I want to help people evolve in whatever that means for them. There will be more books. Yeah, I've already got book two written. That'll be published shortly. There are, there's so much more that I want to share. I know I want to get on bigger stages than I've got on so far. I want to connect with the other, other change makers in this world and seeking out those relationships and nurturing those relationships because together we're stronger. Together we can reach more people and I'll get more down, downloads. <laughs> it's all about the downloads. So I think that we've probably explored and shown the audience where you, you operate from, what, you, what you're thinking, how you are planning or but not just thinking about the mechanics of the business, that there is this whole other side to you, Anna, that is deeper, that has an emotional connection to what you're doing. And by sharing that today, I think that you will help people again, even more so than you are, understand that you don't have to be this high-flying, all-perfect, all 100%, all day, 365 days of the year running. You can have some downtime. You can have some out of, you need to take the time out. Otherwise, you can't keep going. Yeah, it's all right to be a hot mess sometimes. It really is. And uh, that doesn't mean you won't make it. Doesn't mean you're not doing a good job. Doesn't mean your business will fail. You're human. 
but you you do also have choice. You have choice. Like so, sometimes I'll sit in feeling angry or upset for a while until I choose to change it. And normally, I know I've spoken to you about this before, Amy. Normally, if I feel angry, there's normally some massive lesson on what I need to action next. And then, from one of the, one of my biggest challenges is slowing down. Like I want to do everything at a million miles an hour, million miles an hour. So perhaps those headaches are just slowing you down for those three or four days every month. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe just slowing down before they come might help. Interestingly, it really, it really annoys me when people tell me I'm doing too much. Like it winds me right up. And that's because I've had many people in my life tell me I'm doing too much for most of my life. And I always think I'm not doing a fraction of what I'm capable of, not even doing a fraction. And, and just because what I'm doing to you looks like a lot. Actually, I'm going at quarter speed. And yeah, that, that does wind me up. I think it's all right to be fast. It's all right to have good energy as long as you have that counterbalance of time out. And, and I'm pretty good about that. I do. I rest hard. I plan hard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited about what I'm building. I still feel very much that I'm right at the beginning of what I'm doing. I've I feel like I've only just been switched on. So what would you like to say as a, a final message to your, your audience on your podcast, Anna? I'm actually really intrigued to know people's thoughts on today, what it's got them thinking about. I guess in wanting to do this episode and not knowing exactly what we talk about today, I did want to show a little bit more of who I am. And I hope that I hope that some of that translates into my, my faster paced content as well. But really and truly, the message I want to get out there, yes, it is about get visible. It's be honest with yourself and then be seen. But the message really is you can do anything. I can do anything, absolutely anything. And the way to do it is to do it. And the way to do it is to believe you can do it. That's it, really. Brilliant. I'll leave it there then. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and seen actually the depth of when you get your foundations of your business and your message right and get your purpose right and you focus on your why, the difference that it can make to you, your confidence and the message that you put out there. And that's something that I'm really all about, helping those people who feel purposeful in their mission and their message work out not only how to get visible, but how to get the financial results that they want. And that's something that we cover inside my mastermind, which is open. So if you would like to apply for a place for that six-month action taker mastermind, then head over to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash mastermind. It is by application only, but I promise you, you make the right connections, you can change everything for yourself. And I would love to be the one to support you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, share it with just one person who you know needs to hear the message inside this show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.